Hello, and welcome to Fitness Unfiltered, episode, I believe, 58. It is I, Dan Osman, and I am joined by my two other co-hosts, Dr. Michael Banner and Miss Emma Story Gordon. How are you both? Wait, who goes first? Exactly. Oh, whoever. You, I mentioned Dan, Mike first. Dan, say. Sorry? Mike, you go first. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, I'm also fine. <laughs> Although that was such... That was such a swift start that um, almost wasn't recording on GarageBand, but fortunately, I am. Thank goodness, because it would be terrible if we'd missed that important bit at the beginning where we both didn't say anything for (laughs) 30 seconds. (laughs) Not awks at all. It's not like you're both prepared for recording or anything. I was. I've been sat here. I'm still laughing. (laughs) Does my head look like it's the top of Dan's speaker? Or is that just on mine? (laughs) It's just just on yours. Okay, maybe we should get going with the podcast. Yeah, yes. So let, <laughs> I'll continue there. So this will be... Emma's f- highly medicated, by the way. Just Do you know what? I'm not, because I stupidly ran out of all of my painkillers. Because I thought, oh. there's loads, I'll never run out of these. Well, I did. So, oh, okay. Because so I was going to say, Emma's medicated and Dr. Mike is caffeinated to the eyeballs today. As we found out earlier. <laughs> But just keeping the momentum with, so the, you'll be the third week into your January starts probably by now, and it's, it's keeping in with that momentum. Probably third week in, you're going to be a little bit despondent. How do you continue that journey despite not necessarily seeing the return for your investment or not getting as much change as you would have liked by now? So we're going to discuss in and around that. And also Mike wanted to add to that further. And I believe, I might get this right, I might get it wrong, Mike. But also uh, a little discussion around the psychology of, I guess probably what's better term perceived failure and um, what we think of that. But first of all, let's start with, so three weeks in, you're on your weight loss journey. You're not, nothing's moving on the scales. You're not seeing anything visual. Or are you on a weight loss journey or are you on any sort of lifestyle change journey? Any sort of lifestyle change journey, but potentially you're not seeing any return for your investment. What do you do to get over that slump? Mike. Well, I think I think there's quite a lot of um, takeaway sort of action points, and I think actually, it, whether you feel a bit despondent at this point is is so dependent on so many things, um, and it it has lots of different different kind of aspects and facets to it. So, I, for example, yesterday decided that it was time to weigh myself for the first time in quite a long time. And the reason I decided that was okay is I sort of, I had decided um, in the new year when I had decided to get back on track with all of my bits that I would wait a couple of weeks before weighing myself because I didn't want to have the emotional reaction to a weight that was artificially higher than it probably was anyway because I've been eating lots over Christmas and things. and I thought to myself yesterday, I'm ready to weigh myself and I'm not really bothered about the result that I come up with because I'm not doing this for weight. I'm fine with where I am. I just would like to improve my lifestyle. I'd like to drop a bit of body fat, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Until I weighed myself and looked at the number and I thought, huh. We were not okay. <laughs> we were not yeah. expecting that. And I think it's it's so interesting how the idea of how well you're doing can suddenly have if that changes based on some information 
it suddenly changes your attitude to how you're doing. So a few minutes previous to that, I've been thinking, yep, doing pretty well. I mean, let's not let's not beat around the bush. Probably the reason I decided to weigh myself is probably because I thought it, it would be a, um, a number that I would be happy with. Um, so, you know, it's, it's difficult because there's two sides of it. You don't want to kid yourself that you're doing loads better than you are and that you're, you know, that you're doing things, you know, that things are different to how they are, things that, that are much, you know, you're making progress much faster than you are or anything like that. But you also, it's not very useful to go, you're not doing very well actually, mate. It's not yeah. helpful. It's interesting because as much as you can give yourself that rational self-talk, it, if, if it's been ingrained in you since you were teeny tiny that weight's a definitive measure of your success or failure, it does stick with you despite yeah. knowing better. And it's and particularly like as someone like myself who has on occasion on occasion posted a transformation Tuesday picture who has talked about losing a certain amount of weight, then when you quantify it and actually it changes the narrative because you're like, oh well actually I've I've I am now back where I was at this point. And it was interesting because I actually said and I you know, and this is kind of in 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 the interest of being 100% like transparent and honest about it, something that I probably don't feel hugely proud of because in terms of my advice to others, it's kind of at odds with that. But I think we're often guilty of, of being able to advise others very easily, but when it comes to ourselves, struggling to do the same thing. And I said I was speaking to... Um, to like Ollie, my old coach... And I said something like, it's almost like I've just, you know, erased the last few years. And it was, and even while I was writing, it, I was like, this is, you're an idiot. Why are you saying that? Um, and it was, it's a stupid thing to say. But at the same time, it was kind of this moment where I thought, well, this was my weight before I even did X, Y, and Z. So it's almost like I've not, I've not bothered. And of course, it's not like that. There's so much more to a lifestyle journey than your weight. There's so much more than the number on the scales. And we know all of this. But it's easy to even when you know things to forget to put them into practice. And that's as bad as not knowing it in the first place, really. Hmm. And given your rational self-talk, Em, what, what would your suggestions be if Mike was under your care and supervision? Oh, well, I mean, if he was working with me, this would have never happened. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think I think that is one of the really important things about working with a coach or having someone to bounce ideas off. Like, I bet what Ollie replied was along the lines of, you know, that's a completely stupid thing to say. Like, all the things you've learned along the way. And not only that, but the position you were in before where no, you maybe exactly didn't... That's exactly what he said. <laughs> maybe... no, honestly, that's, that's exactly what he said about talking about all of the things that you've learned and all of the other ways that you've benefited and all of... Well, there's know, all the other ways you've benefited, but there's also all the standing, the understanding that you've learned around nutrition and weight loss and mm. belief in yourself and knowing that actually yeah. if you do do these things, you like the results will come. So, yeah, and yeah. I think that's a huge aspect as well that... It, you know if this is maybe your first weight loss journey or your first mm. maybe not evidence-based but i don't know like practical weight loss journey that's actually going to get results you don't yet know that the efforts you're putting in are going to get results yeah. that's and that's yeah, exactly. a really big issue because people are like well well i'm trying all this and i've not seen the scales go down and obviously we know there's so many reasons why the scales might not go down but if you're someone who understands the process and who's who has been through it before 
then you know that the effort you're putting in is going to get results. And I think that's yeah, more, exactly. much more re- reassuring that even if you don't see results on the scales, you know where to place those efforts in order to get those results. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think to put it into context, it was a bit of a funny five minutes and it was a, it was a bit of one of those moments where, where I sort of said said and thought something that I regretted thinking. But I suppose like the other the other way to think about it as well is that I don't know what. I weighed last week because I didn't weigh myself so for all I know it could have been you know this and in that in that way sometimes having that data is really useful because actually if I had weighed an extra kilo or two kilos a week ago then actually this number would have been awesome so and that's why some that's why it's so silly to have emotional reactions to weight because it's such an abstract concept like what does it actually mean it's just your gravitational like impact on the earth yeah. doesn't actually make a difference as a number and even when you compare it to the weight of other people it's completely different because it's so so dependent on body composition and you know height and activity and all of those other things as well that but yet at the same time it's one of the only easily quantifiable easily changeable like measurements that we can that we can take so it's almost like what you have to work on just as much as the the lifestyle change is the disassociation between weight and emotion and i've done really well at that like usually it doesn't bother me at all it's just that this this was a much higher weight than i'd experienced in quite a while so that's an interesting point as well though like some people respond to that in different ways so i might weigh Mm. myself and realize i'm way heavier than what I thought I was and be like oh god I'm gonna rein it in or I'm really gonna crack the whip now whereas someone else might be like oh I I weigh so much like it's almost like the last half year has been wiped out and you know like kind of a a response like you've had and that's quite interesting and it might be like the same person would respond differently and just depending on how they feel when they wake up that morning yeah exactly so I don't yeah. think like weighing yourself is always a bad thing, even if it's more than what you thought it was going to be. Sometimes it's a bit of a wake up call. And I had a client who um, was weighed at the doctor this week and realized she was obese. And I think that was, you know, she was distraught, mm. but it, she weighed exactly the same as she did before knowing that information. But yeah, I think it strange. really has given her a kick to be like, okay, what am I going to do about this? And that's yeah. an interesting concept as well. And she was, I think she was mostly upset because it seems like such a lot to lose. Like, how yeah. am I ever going to lose that much weight? And Mike, you've been through a, a huge weight loss journey. So at the start, if you ever thought, like if you were told you had to lose as much weight as the weight you got to, you'd be like, that's yeah. impossible. And, yeah, and it's I how did. you and approach it, and I, that. And, I, and yeah. I was speaking to her about taking one day at a time. And, and this is what I'd suggest to people who are struggling as well is setting what I term like non-negotiables. So things that you're going to hit every week and whether that's like a calorie average, a step count average and getting in X amount of exercise a week, whether that be workouts or you like Zumba or you play badminton, like doesn't hugely matter. It's setting things that are important to you and that you know are going to drive you closer to those results. And then- And that's why having a weight goal, sorry. And and that's why having a weight goal isn't always so useful because it can seem unattainable. And then, so interestingly, when I first started, I did have a weight goal in mind and then I like it took me ages to get there and then when I did get there I was like "Mm, but this isn't what I thought I would this isn't what I thought I'd look like at this weight it's not what I thought I would feel like at this weight um 
I don't feel any different, particularly in terms of, you know, it wasn't this magical epiphany of once I hit that that scale number, everything was okay with my life. So I think it's super important to, you know, and we've we've sort of mentioned this before, but processes are so much more important than outcomes. Like actually committing to those daily non-negotiables is so much more important than weighing a certain number of kilos. Mm-hmm. It's so much better for your health. Um, and I think it is, it's, it's incredibly important not to, because actually like when I look at, you know, y- yesterday I weighed myself, um <laughs> what was interesting is it didn't change my actions in any way i didn't drop my calories i didn't do anything i was just like right well i carry on now and then today i weighed more than i did yesterday on the scales and it made no difference to me emotionally mm. do you think and again so it's it, like i say it's such an abstract concept and it can always it can catch you off guard and i think what a lot of people struggle of and this is why I talked about touching on like the psychology of failure is that it can send you into a spiral if you weigh yourself and you go oh my god I'm so much heavier than I thought forget it there's just no point in me bothering with this what what is you know I failed etc 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 that can be often the outcome that, that people experience and that's why for some people weighing yourself is I think a really bad idea because so many emotions are tied to that to that number yeah, and I, I certainly think that, you know, from what you say as well, Mike, it's, it's what the lifestyle changes and the, the things you've learned along the way. And linking into what we were going to talk about, the psychology of, I guess, perceived failure, is that it's, it's reframing those thoughts and that it's more mistakes you've learned from than actual failures. Because mm-hmm. um, what we do is we, we tend to catastrophize stuff. We think of the worst possible outcome, like, you know, you associated that weight that you were yesterday to the weight that you were in the past and then what happens is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in which that i think some people we certainly when they've got an emotive link with that number on the scales is that they do tend to undo their own efforts because of that lack, lack of self-belief they think they think of themselves as that disempowered person that person that wasn't in control of their weight at that time you switch that, to self-destruct yeah and that potentially now you know in their mind they've been going through this this health seeking behavior but whatever they're doing isn't good enough and you know who who doesn't want to feel good about themselves i do think there's some links to feelings of self-worth because we are conditioned from when we're teeny tight to, to again that that weight that scale weight is a definitive measure of success or failure and it does have such negative connotation uh, connotations and who doesn't want to be good at something like no one wants to feel they failed at anything um and within that who who doesn't want to feel like a good person as well truth yeah and i think that's one of the reasons that people get to about week three or wherever we're at right now in this podcast (laughs) and uh and they feel like maybe things aren't going the way they want to and and that's possibly because they haven't set their quote-unquote why which i know is often a little bit wishy-washy and sometimes i think is i don't know pushed upon people in the wrong way for example i think a lot of trainers or more like business mentor type people are like, you need to find out your clients why on the first mm. time you meet them. They're never gonna tell you that. They have to be comfortable with you and, and maybe you find that out later on. But even if it's figuring out your own why and knowing, like Mike said, it wasn't just weight loss. He didn't look or feel the way he wanted to feel when he reached this arbitrary X number that he thought was gonna, that was his goal weight. So I think having one realistic expectations and then two, realizing what your why actually is. Like if everything else is going well, like I say this to clients all the time, 
I'll get check-ins and they're like, oh, do you know what? I look my best. I feel my best. I'm not hungry. I'm enjoying food. My relationship, my food's so much better. My clothes are looser and all my measurements gone down, but I've not lost weight on the scale. And they're annoyed. And I'm like, mm. okay, turn it around. What if you've lost weight on the scale, but you feel like hell, you're hungry, you've got a bad mm. relationship with food, and actually your measurements haven't gone down. Would you feel better then? And they're like, no, yeah. okay, that's stupid. But yeah, I think... Yeah. We are, I think part of that is we are in a society where we, we chase a certain certain look or the way we look or a certain body shape because we find we think we're going to find happiness there. And for a lot of people, that has nothing to do with it. It's often something else totally. But um, what I was saying with reframing failures and mistakes as more lessons, and I, this is what I quite, I quite often say this to my clients, is the only reason why a lot of fitness professionals are better at dieting than the people they work with is because they've messed up more times you know they've they've made a lot more mistakes they've failed a lot more times along the way and credentials and experience aside is they've learned the hard way so if you reframe your thoughts and think of those as lessons that you're not going to get it right you know anyone who's embarking on a weight loss journey now first week of tracking your food you're not going to get it right you're going to miss things you're going to mistrack stuff you're going to miscalculate things and that's that's all part of the experience you're going to gain but if it's true lifestyle change you're seeking that they're a really important part of the journey you know those do you know what ups. even even if you're week three of year three of tracking you're still going to make mistakes Absolutely. even if you know like this is the thing is that it's life is a journey not a destination and as cheesy as that sounds it is so true like you have to enjoy the process of just taking care of yourself rather than um going thinking that you'll enjoy the process of being like x kilos or being x percentage body fat or anything like that because those things just don't they, they're just things that don't really exist mm. Yeah, but I think sometimes when it's like, oh, you know, I made a mistake. You don't make a mistake and then end up like 10 kilograms overweight. I think that's what people uh-huh. like, you completely fall off. And that's why I really focus with people on like, like imperfect action and trying to hit these non-negative, like averages over the week and understanding that your body composition is a measure of energy balance over time and not just what mm-hmm. you do on certain days. So if you do make quote unquote mistakes, it's not then an excuse to be like, oh well I'll try again next year like you can get straight back onto it and then the mistake is almost irrelevant because it won't make any Mm. difference if you overeat one day it will make no difference probably even to that week's progress but definitely not to that month's progress if you then I guess learn from it and move on Mm. exactly (laughs) exactly what are you sorry what are we going on to next failure well, we we kind of started on that, but what what I was just going to say on that is that we, we kind of we need failures, we need problems because I think it gives us purpose. It's it helps us find solutions to things, and that's the only way we can get better at things is learning the hard way. Course, do you think? Do you think say. also that sometimes people struggle with um with their kind of New Year goals because. There's a lot of pressure on people to make big kind of lofty New Year's resolutions and perhaps sometimes they slightly overstretch on what they think they're going to do. Like So people won't just necessarily make one change or, or kind of make a few small steps towards something. They'll be like, right, it's January the 1st. I'm yeah. going on a detox. I'm not going to I'm cutting out all cake, all 
bread and sweets and all alcohol and I'm going to get 20,000 steps a day and I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. And then suddenly in week three, they, you know, it, it's not a sustainable goal because they're trying to change too much at the same time. And that maybe actually if things aren't working out and they're feeling despondent, then maybe what they need to do is reconsider the level of what that what their change yeah, is. I, I definitely feel maybe. managing realistic expectations is within that. But then that, I think that's often gained from if you have got an experience through dieting, if weight loss is your goal, um, that is, again, it's learning learning the hard way. Um, yeah, although there's kind of two sides to that. And I think actually when people start a New Year's, New Year's resolution sometimes... They're mm-hmm. so excited, they're so motivated, and actually they will go to the gym five times a week for a month, and they mm. will, you know, be able to stick to quite low calories it, a month. It's the and easiest time get, of the year to make a bit of change, isn't it? Yeah, and if they get big results yeah. from that initially, that's them bought in, and that's them loving exercise. And then you're right, Mike, maybe they need to, okay, actually, now that I'm back into the full swing of work and I have these other commitments that and maybe I'm not quite as motivated as I was, I'm going to stick to my quote-unquote non-negotiables, which was three yeah. times a week, so I'm yeah. definitely going to get in three times a week. And if I get in five on the weeks where I feel really motivated, then high five to me. But I know that I've still hit like the base level that is going to get yeah. the results. Yeah. But and that catches the people who go, all right, I, I can't go to the gym five times this week. Forget it. I've had enough. The end. And just stop going to the gym. Mm. I think that's that's what I think is, is such a such a struggle for people is that kind of all or nothing mentality. So they think if they're not going at 100 miles an hour they're standing still and that's not true also interesting point sorry but does anyone know where the bandwagon analogy comes from you know and everyone's like oh you've fallen off the bandwagon fallen off the wagon or jumped on the bandwagon yeah because everyone says oh maybe it's me just saying it wrongly because i thought everyone said fallen off the bandwagon right which doesn't make any sense you fall off the wagon, but you jump on the bandwagon. The bandwagon is like when something's fashionable. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon of oh. you know, releasing candles but that smell like vaginas or something like that. <laughs> but then wouldn't that, that mean... That is a shocker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that mean if you then fell off that popular bandwagon, you were falling off the bandwagon? Like, oh, it's so popular, you've got to diet in January. I think oh, no, um, off the wagon off. is more about abstinence, isn't it? It's like if yeah. someone... I think that comes Dry from jam. addiction, actually. Yeah, like yeah if so you fall off the wagon, you're... You, you start drinking again or you yeah you've relapsed in some way yeah yeah uh, either of you doing dry january no no i don't Although have i had well, any alcohol in january oh yeah no quite a lot actually i i haven't but i'm not intentionally doing dry january but i i i think we've had this chat before but i don't intend i don't set new year's resolutions i much rather if i've got something in my mind crack on with it there and then so i've taken he's a doer eight, not a thinker well, yeah. I wouldn't okay. say that, but... Oh, wait, just a thinker years, and a doer. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, actually. I do both. Uh, eight years out of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I really had it, my heart set on getting back into it in the new year, but actually, I think I went to my first session back the week before Christmas. I went to a session in between Christmas and New Year, because I just thought there's no point in waiting. I'm just, I've got this in my head now. I might as well go with this momentum. Anyway. One of my favourite quotes is, why put off until tomorrow what can be done today? Yeah, I like that. That's one of my rules, actually. I have that like with admin bits or programmes I've got to write or people I need to contact. If I've got time and I can do that today, I won't put it off until tomorrow. That's what we say in the NHS. Do today's work today. Wow, that's inspiring. <laughs> Insightful. <laughs> um, but I think 
what we was talking about in terms of weight loss is that you know there might be people with a weight loss goal but there's not distinct two different distinct camps but you've got people that are coming from an uneducated point of view where they have just gone a lifetime of yo-yo dieting they've never gone through the process of you know chasing real sustainable change they've learned about energy balance or anything like that but for those people that do tend to buy into new diets and exercise five times a week uh, at the start of January is they can't be too hard on themselves because they can't make informed decisions without being informed like they don't know what they don't know if that makes sense I'm getting a blank does that not make sen- any sense at all whereas we're going on the assumption that a lot of people know how to quantify their intake you know they know how to regulate their calories and they understand the basics of energy balance yeah they don't not know any difference that. than fad diets yeah they just know a fad diet works for them therefore that's an easy buy-in for them that's for a short something term. easy yeah that uh, you know, they don't necessarily think it's going to be short, short term. I think there are people that seasonally they do follow the same diet for the last five years, and they think for whatever reason that by doing the same thing it's going to get them a, a different set of results. But um, yeah, if if they don't know any different, then they're kind of unless you're willing to embrace that process of learning, which comes from making a few mistakes and failures along the way, it's never going to lead to long term change. And I was thinking about this the other day because I I had a message from somebody um, asking me about about what sort of foods help you have a flatter stomach. And I thought to myself, we've spoken about this quite a lot lot of times. And there is something I think to be said that you can, until, I think a lot of people have to experience the learning for themselves like you can tell people there's a calorie deficit it's a calorie deficit and i think this is why people in fitness like sometimes i i scroll through instagram and i think yeah i know it's a calorie deficit you've said that already yeah um i've said it already but it's still i think it's interesting because i think it does still need like to be said because i think there's still so much misunderstanding out there and every time we see one of these fad diet posts we realize that it really is like a drop in the ocean of the amount of diet culture sort of messaging that there is out there. This kind of Instagram wokeness of the calorie deficit oh, is a real woke drop in the ocean. makes me want to vomit. I despise that word. Sorry. What man. is the opposite of woke? Asleep. Slope. Oh, asleep. Just woke was makes like me want to heave. Woke or slope. I think what you're saying makes a really good point, actually, Mike, and that's that like when I put up stuff, say I put something about calorie deficit it's not for you like and that's what a lot of people are putting out content almost to impress like their peers yeah where actually it's for my clients who still don't maybe some of them are new and they don't they haven't tracked calories before and what's the Mm. easiest way to do that no no no, but this is my point is it's a reminder that actually this isn't this isn't like there, there is that need for this for this kind of ongoing drilling of that message because it's it isn't it's not getting through yet to the people that yeah. need to hear it it might have got through to some of those people like but is that because they've experienced trying the different fad diets and then trying the different types of calorie deficit and realizing that it's all the same so actually you can what are the different types of calorie out. deficit so as in that what i mean by that is like the different types of diet that you can do that ultimately achieve weight loss by doing a calorie deficit so like low carb or intermittent fasting and stuff like that like so actually because i've tried different ways of doing it but i've seen the same results with all of them but actually 
I found yeah. some to be more sustainable. That's kind of demonstrated to me in real life and in real time that 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 is true. You know, like by eating chicken, broccoli and rice or by eating ready meals, I'll achieve the same amount of, of weight loss. So like I having firsthand experience of those things, I think is really useful. And it's really, really, really easy to assume that everybody knows what you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Or yeah, to assume that is, everyone will track calories. I, I did at one point think that people screaming the calorie deficit thing was... Obviously, it's an essential part of it. I think providing that's almost like a computer program running in the background and that is constantly louder than these disempowering messages is that my concern was people were getting numb to it because I think providing that message is out there, but a way of achieving it and that actually all these diets achieve it, but this is another way of doing it is still out there. I think that's more helpful than just screaming that. Or just because explaining it in otherwise a different it, way. Otherwise, it does. Yeah, because people go on the assumption and it's okay it is a math equation but it's not an easy math equation it's like really difficult arithmetic if you need to well it is easy unless you want to get so science like so complicated it doesn't matter well it's it's simple but it's not easy to achieve is it you need to you need to show your workings out you need to show you working out well the equation's easy and I think people can overcome I think you're having two different conversations well that's what I'm trying to explain do you mean like a calorie deficit equation just continue Mike go on yeah, um, I was gonna, it is a simple equation, but you just have to show a lot of working out because it's not easy to achieve. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yes, we got there. So in terms of pragmatic stuff that people can take away, we've, we've gone off on a lot of tangent of everything that we all, all the little different things we think. If, if someone is on a slump now, they're three weeks into, whether well, that's weight loss, whether that's just some health-seeking behaviour, whether that is just some sort of lifestyle change and they hit a bit of a slump, they're not quite where they'd want to be, what would you give them as advice? Emma? Um, what would I give them as advice? I would probably... Just, just one point. <clears throat> Something that we've maybe not touched on, I would say, I think maybe try and appreciate delayed gratification and and realise that the results or like the actions that you do today, you might see results tomorrow, but you're not going to see that initially and to kind of trust the process a little bit as long as you know that the behaviours you're doing or your non-negotiable behaviours are going to get you closer to your goals and focus on like each day at a time and hitting those, ticking those off. And what I think is really useful actually is to have something like a habit tracker, which is something mm. I do with all my clients now is to have them track habits as opposed to just wait so that, you know, if we get to the end of the week and they've not lost any weight and they're disappointed, but we look back and they've ticked off every single habit, then we know they're making progress. It's just that maybe the scales aren't showing fat loss because water retention, yeah. various reasons. That would be yeah. my tip. I'm just going to ex- expand on your tip, if you don't mind, hop on the back of it, and that's writing things down. I think it makes everything pretty real, but especially what you're saying in sort of habit tracking is with to-do lists, I find if you, especially if you use the phone ones, because it's not written in your hand, writing in your hand makes it that much more real, but if you've got a list of things to do and those things have got a line through them once you've achieved them, rather than just totally erasing them from your memory, as you would on an app on the phone, it, it kind of solidifies that achievement a little bit so you can reflect on that achievement rather than just dismissing it and forgetting it. Well, what I really like about the app on the phone, and you can do the same writing it down, is that like it comes up as a calendar so you can see 
you know, okay, why haven't you lost weight this month? Okay, let's look back. All right, actually, you're, you've been so erratic with your nutrition and hitting your calories and not hitting them that there's the problem, it's consistency. And you can see that mm. rather than just saying, I don't think you've been that consistent. You, there's the data yeah. to prove it and there's there's what you know that you can change. So that's the amazing thing that I, I find about fitness and fat loss is that, you know, actually the effort you put in will be rewarded as long as you're putting yeah. it in the right places. And there's not many things in life that are like sure like that. Like if you stick yeah. to your calories consistently, you will lose weight. That's it. But yeah. other I, things I, I like think... if you put in effort, I don't know, studying for exam, you still might fail. If you invest yeah. money in X, it still might crumble. Yeah, I think that's um, the more the most empowering part of coaching as well is that helping clients understand their own errors or perhaps what things they could have done better because they'll often identify that stuff before you point it out anyway and that's what makes it so empowering and they often come up with their own strategies to improve that the next month as well cool mike um am i allowed only one again we can start with one okay so i think i think we've spoken about going back to basic so sort of if you think that you're struggling to maintain the changes that you're making, maybe reduce the level of those changes. Just don't go back to zero, basically. Mm. Just try kind of taking it down a notch, saying, actually, for a little while, while I'm struggling or a bit overwhelmed, I'm just going to make sure I get 10,000 steps a day. So this is, again, Emma's non-negotiables, basically, but change your, you could maybe reconsider your non-negotiables if perhaps you think you've bitten off more than you could chew yeah and again what you're saying about realistic expectations i think like ten thousand steps especially is one that everyone plucks out of the sky but i i work with some office workers and they're lucky to get two and a half three so for those guys it might That's be something me. like it might be just get te- get, get six initially yeah. set yourself up for a win initially just consistently get six for six thousand steps a day for the next three weeks and then look at increasing that because Again, managing uh, realistic expectations is we, we tend to pluck these magic numbers out of the sky sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add, on just uh, for a lot of people, it's just reflect on your previous efforts and recognise where you've come from. Because you'll often find you're actually, in terms of however most people think of their journey towards their outcome, is you're further along that journey, you've achieved so much more than you pro- perhaps recognise. And even speaking to some people around you, some, you know, they'll often be able to give you some insight into that as well. Yeah, or well, looking back at progress pictures, which I think everybody hates taking initially, but yeah. then you look back to realise how far you've come. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to take progress photos because I don't want anyone to see them. And I'm like, I don't care if you don't even show me them. Like, yeah. you don't have to show anyone, but I want you to mm. take them so that on the days where you're like, oh, I don't even think I've made any progress, you can look back and it's not just, oh, I think I used to weigh X amount. It's, yeah. this is yeah. what it looks like and I and a picture does so much because I think you can like remember how you felt in that picture and in that body mm-hmm. shape or so I think progress pictures are really important for that and it doesn't mean if you're taking progress pictures that you need to share them with your PT or you need to yeah. post them online yeah. it can just be for you just do them for yourself yeah absolutely Mike another one um, I would just say, actually, don't underestimate the benefit of accountability and having like an accountability buddy, I think, can be really useful. Um, and it can be anybody and it even can just be social media. Like, So I've I found in the past real benefits from just post just talking about 
you know what what was going on with my you know what I was struggling with what I was adhering to what I was managing what I wasn't managing um, because I just found that it it pushed me to carry on in at times when I didn't want to because I sort of felt this you know we talk about the pressure of social media and sometimes you can sort of use that to your advantage if you do want to make changes I mean I don't think it's good that people feel pressure to be you know always smiley and happy and all of those sorts of things but feeling the pressure to be accountable to you know decisions you made when you were motivated can continue your motivation for long after it is actually there yeah I also think even almost like fake pretending to be happy on social media can be useful like I've definitely found it useful for my back like when I'm like on the floor and actually it's not a great situation to be in I'm in a lot of pain but you can sort of laugh about it yeah, and, situation. yeah mm. and then do you know what you don't feel half as bad I, I, but I get there's a difference between that and just like never telling anyone how you feel yeah, and like mask, yeah, yeah. Mm. or feeling like you yeah, have to post up and look happy yeah. and be happy yeah, yeah. Which, which you know we've spoken about the problematic nature of social media before but but that's the thing is you're using it to make yourself feel better you're not feeling that yeah. you have to put on a face for social media Mm. Yeah, I was sad about your poached egg, by the way, and your vegan sausages. Just saying, that was quite a sad thing. Do you know what? Many, many people, and thank you, internet, messaged me to tell me that I needed to poke a hole in the yolk, and then it wouldn't explode. And Ah. tried it, and it worked. I'm yet to try, but But by the way, like the explosion you get from an egg is like that's. I almost like blew up my face. Like, if that had gone in my eye, oh, like, yeah. serious explosion. Yeah. Danger. Yeah. That's why you normally get the egg poachers with the instructions. And if they have instructions, they say... Bloody Poundland. The egg. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Poundland <laughs> would let me down. I know. So unusual. I know. Such a trusty company. Especially when you go in and nothing's a pound. <laughs> yeah, what's happened? Yeah. Or everything is a pound, but it's, like, miniature size. Remember how you used to be able to joke, oh, how much is this? And yeah, <laughs> no, you can't. That's a pound. But it's not a pound anymore. No. The joke's on us. Sad days. Yeah. Do you have anything Sorry, further I to think add? I, um, I think I missed the end of that joke because the, the thing paused. I was just oh, laughing no to joke. myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> In between dancing. For those of you who can't see Emma, Emma's just swaying side to side. This is what I do now. <laughs> this is my it's life neat. now also I had um, I was in Aldi the other day and my ass just started spasming and I was like stuck next to the crisps just staring at them and like twerking like sort of like <laughs> thrusting towards them because that's the only thing that eases my back that's good times good times <laughs> right we'll wrap up there shall we thanks everyone what's task for everyone this week oh yeah tell us your non-negotiables was that, last, was that last week's task? That wasn't last week's task. I can't no, last week's task was something much more entertaining, I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, oh yeah, not. we haven't even released last week's yet. <laughs> We're ahead of the game, people. We're in the future. New year, new FU. This is the future. We're new only ahead of the game because we missed a week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No. Look, reframe that thought, okay? Let's okay. Oh yeah, wait, sorry. Positivity. Um, 
Thanks for listening, if you are still with us. We do appreciate all your reviews, all your comments, all your shares. Please continue to do that. Also, we very much would like to do a full listener Q&A session at some point. So if you have questions you specifically like us to cover, do forward it to one of us and we will endeavour to get a Q&A episode on very soon. Or if you've got any suggestions for guests who you'd like to hear on our podcast. Tell them. Tell them before telling us. How about that? No, maybe don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, that could be awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah, maybe don't do that.